Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Monday. Welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great start to your week. I hope your week's great. Um, thanks for tuning in. It really means a lot. Uh, this week, my episode is going to come from another one of my real-life experiences and something that I did and I tried that is uh, pretty insane, pretty out there as far as... Uh, some of the experiences and the things that I've intentionally chosen to do, this is one of the uh, more why in the world would you do that kind of things. That's kind of where this fits. Um, I mentioned last week that the weather here in St. Louis, Missouri has really taken a turn for the better. Uh, and that's been true even this past week as opposed to last week. Uh, so like last Saturday, it was cold. We still had a lot of snow on the ground. Um, it was like... 36 degrees. We felt like that was actually pretty warm because we've had some pretty frigid days. Uh, today, I'm recording this on Saturday, so a week later, uh, we got to like 63 degrees. And it's been, you know, high 40s every day this week, low 50s. Like, it's been proper warm, at least for a, kind, a part of the world that's had some pretty frigid cold weather. This is awfully nice weather that we've been having. And what that means for me is that I can get out and run safely and regularly again. Because the last thing you want to do is fight with the snow. It can be done, but you got to stay on roads that are well-paved, and those are not necessarily the safest roads to be on because they're the most heavily trafficked. And so just the fact that there's no snow and that the weather is nice means that I can get out and run at pretty much any time of day, and it's nice out. Now, once the weather gets warmer, you got to be a little more smart about it because no one in their right mind wants to go out for a nice long run when it's 97 degrees. You'll kill yourself. But right now the weather is like ideal. It's perfect. It's wonderful. And so I actually went out on my first run in several weeks today, this morning. Um, I've talked about a lot of the goals that I have for this year. Uh, two of my big New Year's resolutions have been running a marathon and running the Michigan Ragnar. Uh, Ragnar is starting to tape, take a lot clearer shape for us right now. We're kind of getting some of the actual plans nailed down. Like uh, this week, a couple nights ago, we we reserved our Airbnb for all 13 of us to stay in the night before the race. Uh, I haven't reserved it yet, but we've got a van picked out, a big 15-passenger van for all of us to, to ride up there and through the race in, which will be an interesting, that'll be an interesting thing because I've not done it in one van before, but it'll be cool. Uh, now we're starting to kind of figure out who's going to run what leg, who's going to run uh, what distances. And so we're trying to get that figured out so we know what to plan for and what to train for within the next about seven, seven months. Yeah, we're about 30 weeks away from that race. So getting that figured out so we can all train and know what we're getting ourselves ready for is going to be very important. Um, I, I want to run a marathon about a month after the Ragnar, so I'm just going to get myself into marathon running shape, and hopefully Ragnar shouldn't present too many challenges if I'm, if I'm in a really good high cardio shape. Um, the problem is, is that I haven't been in, like, running shape since, like, November of 2019, which happened to be the last time I ran a Ragnar race, um... I haven't been a regular runner since then. I had to take some time off uh, just because after Ragnar, 
in November, it got cold and school and all this stuff kind of piled up. And I haven't been a regular runner through 2020. Um, I ran some for like a couple weeks spurts, but I never, I never got into a full regular full on schedule until now I'm getting back into that. And what I've learned through this, you know, let's see, 15 months that I've not been a regular runner is that every time I go back out to run, um, I've had one major recurring issue and that has been uh, with my breathing, with my lungs. Uh, the way that I like to look at running is that you've got three things that are going to slow you down. You've got your legs, your lungs, and your mind. So either your legs are too tired, they're going to give out, you can't, you know, you can't go at your best. Your lungs are going to give out, you're not getting enough oxygen, or your brain's going to give out because your brain tells you to quit. And so those are the three quote-unquote muscles that you have to work out. And for me, the one that's been hardest to get back onto has been my lungs. And there's there's reason for that. And that's just kind of part of the way the human body works is that when you stop working out that muscle, I'm not sure if the lungs are technically a muscle, but in this case they are. If you stop working them out, they're going to lose their efficiency, their strength, and you're going to have to build that back up again. Now that's, that's a big thing. That's very important. Um, in the world of sports science, a word that we've been hearing a lot more in, in recent years has been VO2 max, which VO2 max is a number. I'm not sure if it actually, you know, I'm just going to look it up because I'm going to talk about science. I should probably have some actual science VO2 max. VO2 max is the maximum rate of oxygen consumption measured during incremental exercise, that is, exercise of increasing intensity. The name is derived from the three abbreviations, V for volume, O2 for oxygen, and max for maximum. Um, basically, it is a, it's a number that is used to determine how much oxygen you're getting to your body. And that's very important for uh, endurance athletes. So Usain Bolt, the fastest man on the planet, probably has a pretty pretty good VO2 max. He's in really good shape. He's you know, he's a proper athlete. But the longest race that he runs is 200 meters. Uh, take Elliot Elliot Kipchoge, Elliot Kipchoge. Uh, he broke the 2-hour marathon in 2019. He has a crazy high VO2 max. Something like a 98 or something, like crazy, crazy high. That means that he takes, in each breath, his body takes in a lot of oxygen and uses it very efficiently. That's really what it means. And so me, I have a pretty average VO2 max, something like 42 to 46, which is pretty good for a guy my age. I think it's better than average, but not at all where I want to or need to be. And so I've been trying to think of ways and I've been trying to research ways to make my lungs stronger so that I can kind of push past that hard threshold that I've been, I've been battling and I've been fighting. And there are really two ways to do that. Uh, the first of which is to train at altitude. Um, that's not really an option for me. I live in the Midwest. And I don't have the money to pick up my entire life and my family and move to a place like Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, 
that's something that you will notice if you have any, even just a passing idea of like world running, which is like a really nerdy thing to say. But if you follow the Olympics, or even if you just vaguely know about any kind of like distance race, you know that um, pretty much like the West Africans, they are the best at everything. Um, and there's a reason for that. It's not just because they train harder than anyone else. Um, there are plenty of athletes from all over the world that train just as hard as they do. But one of the things that gives them an added benefit is that in Kenya and in Ethiopia, the two countries that kind of dominate the sport more than anyone else, they, they train at altitude. They live at like 9,000 feet above sea level. And so they are already just living in a world with less oxygen. And then when you push your body to run like a four fifteen minute mile for, you know, the thir- 13 to 26 miles, something like that, you start pushing your body to that limit at that reduced altitude. Their bodies build up a very high VO2 max. They're able to use oxygen very efficiently and they're able to get a lot of it every time they breathe. And so that is a major advantage that they have and that, you know, a lot of other professional runners will do. They will move out to a place like that for their training because it's good for them. It helps them build up their lungs and to strengthen that. Um, I don't have that option. But there are still ways you can get used to that. One of those things that you can do is you can buy an altitude training mask. There's something that were very popular um, a couple years ago like Marshawn Lynch in like 2014, 2016-ish, was seen wearing them a lot before, like during warm-ups, before football games. Um, and there's a lot of discussion about the science behind it. Is it really good for you? Um, and really what was mostly said was that it would be good for you. It would have its best benefit if you were to wear it all the time. Because wearing it for 20 minutes before an event or like 20 minutes during a run, that's great. But having the constant pressure and strain on your lungs can be a really challenging. And that's, it's really challenging. And so you're basically living at 9,000 feet at all times if you wear the mask nonstop. Well, usually that would be a really difficult thing to do to walk around in this training mask all day, every day. But um, we live in the middle of a viral pandemic. And so it might be good for me to buy one of those masks because I'm already supposed to be wearing one all the time anyways. I might as well be getting something out of it. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to do that just because it's already hard enough to hear people when they're wearing a normal mask, but then you've got one that intentionally impedes your breathing and has a lot of mechanical stuff between your mouth and the outside of the mask to someone else's ears. So I'm not sure I'll actually end up buying one, but that's one way that you could do it. And if we're already being asked to wear masks all the time, uh, it would be a really great time to make use of wearing one all the time. Um, I'm choosing to do something a little bit different. Um, there, There is kind of a conflicting notion of the most efficient way to breathe during exercise. Um, I heard my whole life it was best to breathe in your nose and out your mouth. That's what I heard when I was six years old and a wrestler. That's what I heard when I was in track in middle school and high school. Um, some people say do whatever's comfortable because if you're comfortable, you're 
you're going to be performing at your best. Um, but I've come across some people that believe that it is best for you during exercise to just breathe through your nose because it's, it's not necessarily high science, but your nose, your two nostrils are smaller than your mouth. And so it is harder for you to take a full deep breath and it takes more time to get a full deep breath with your nose than through your mouth. I mean, just try it with me. Through your mouth, you've got a big... I tried not to blow in the microphone, but you know, you get the idea. A big... That's a big full deep breath. Um, through your nose, it's very different. It's... It's a lot longer and it takes a lot more out of you to breathe just through your nose. So really, you're exposing yourself to less oxygen you know, per second, I mean, if that's the way you want to measure it, you're taking in less oxygen and doing the same amount of work. But that's a really hard thing to do. See, our brains are a lot smarter than we are, uh, which is kind of an ironic fact of being a human, is that our brains are smarter than we are, even if it's acting subconsciously. So if you want to try to go out for a run and just breathe through your nose, uh, it's a very hard thing to do. Just mentally, being able to override the natural breathing function and the natural um, response to not having enough oxygen is just to breathe through your nose. It's hard and your brain will like override your overriding it. It will make you breathe through your mouth and it's very hard. And so I've been trying to focus on that during runs and it's not really worked out for me. But then I heard of this not necessarily ancient technique but it's one that has a lot of history. Um, some Native Americans and uh, some, there's like a tribe down in Mexico. They're some of the best runners in the world. They are like fantastic ultra marathon runners. Um, there's a whole book written about it called Born to Run. I've not read it yet. It's on my reading list. I'll get to it eventually. I haven't read it yet. But one of the things that they would do that uh, to train people to breathe through their nose was to have them take a mouthful of water, just enough to kind of puff your cheeks out a little bit, uh, just take a mouthful of water, and then go for a run. And when you came back, whoever was your quote-unquote coach or whoever was kind of in charge of that, they would have you spit the water back out. So the idea was to hold the water in your mouth as a way to completely prevent you from breathing through your mouth. Um, after hearing about this, I was really intrigued by the idea, and there's actually some history that Spartans use this, and so it just kind of adds a little bit more to this kind of legacy, and this legacy may not even be the right word, this, this kind of history, and, um, I don't know, it's got a neat, uh, legend to it, that's probably the better word, kind of adds to the legend of this idea, and so... I decided, shoot, why not try it? So this morning, well, I said, shoot, why not try it? Um, so I just tried it during some little things, just trying to get the idea of the proportion right, because it's harder than you think. Uh, it's more uncomfortable than you think, just doing something like sitting around. Like if you're not even moving, having a giant mouthful of water hurts because you got to move your tongue to like the roof of your mouth and eventually your tongue like starts to hurt and gets tired. 
And so you got to find the right amount of water that's still a lot, so like it's still a mouthful, but to this level that your tongue doesn't feel like it's going to break. Uh, I'm not sure you can break your tongue, but you get the idea. So just trying to find this comfortable volume of water to keep in your mouth. Uh, I tried it and I did, you know, I'd keep it in my mouth for as long as I could, you know, 20 minutes until Sarah talks to me and I got to swallow it and answer her. Or just, oh, I'm going to walk around somewhere. I'll take a mouthful of water and just walk around. Just kind of get used to it before I decide to go all out on a run. Uh, so this morning, not necessarily bright and early, but around 9.30 or so, I, I get out to uh, our little Greenways Trail, which is really nice. It's a nice feature of being here in a big metropolitan area. They've got a lot of places for you to go run and bike and stuff. I don't bike, but I do run. So having uh, a lot of places that are free from cars to run is like prime. So I take my mouthful of water and I set out on my run. Um, I do not mean this lightly. It is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, which in a way kind of draws me to it, which is a really weird kind of thing about myself. Um, I've always been motivated to do things because someone says that they're really difficult. I don't know why. There's something about something just about my psychology that draws me to stuff like that. Um, from the first time I learned what a marathon was, just the idea that it's 26.2 miles. I made up my mind at like age seven, I'm going to do that because it's really hard. And I don't know why, but it's just, it's kind of just ingrained in my psychology to, to want to do things that are considered hard. Um, now being aware of things like Ironman triathlons and ultra marathons, I don't feel like a marathon is like the pinnacle of athletic achievement, but uh, it's still something I respect because it's still very, very hard. And I've tried it once and it did not go well. So I have a lot more respect for it, but I decided to, to just try it. I wanted to do something that is considered very hard and uncomfortable. And let me tell you, it was, um, it's very challenging because my legs are still pretty much strong enough to handle the run that I want to go on. I ran two miles. It's not by any means that far, but my legs were fine. They never got too tired. They never hurt. Uh, my lungs, man, they were burning about 0.6 miles in. I was telling myself, Hey dude, you got to slow down because you're going to blow up otherwise. And like I said, with trying to override your brain with a mouthful of water, you're not really giving yourself any option, but to breathe through your nose. And so that part worked out just like I'd planned. It worked pretty much perfectly. Um, but your brain starts to want to spit the water out. Like it's, I was kind of like choking on it because my brain was telling me to spit it out. And I was trying to tell my brain not to, um, it was really tough. It was really, really hard. Um, but it was actually really rewarding just for myself by the end of the run to spit the water out, to spit this mouthful of water out because it's like, I did it on my first try. I didn't quit. I didn't swallow it. I didn't spit it out before I finished. I, I went the whole way and I knocked it out and that felt really great 
to to kind of do that and to make that achievement possible and real. So that's something that I think I'm going to be doing for a while, just getting my my lungs ready to to really to work hard because I've got a lot of running, a lot of miles to run. So that's my crazy thing that I did this week. Um, it's kind of funny. I was reminded of something that David Goggins has said, which kind of relates back to my motivation to do hard things. Um, he has this kind of mentality. If you're not familiar with David Goggins, I'm not even sure that I would recommend you look him up because uh, he's pretty vulgar. Like he's a really inspiring guy and has a really inspiring story. But man, the dude just swears like crazy. So like I wouldn't necessarily look him up or watch his videos because whoa, not PG-13. But uh, he's got an inspiring story and he kind of lives by this ideal of I wake up in the morning and I put my body through the hardest workout I can imagine so that the rest of my day, whatever I'd have to do at work, is not going to be harder than what I've already made myself do. Um, he was a Navy SEAL. He went on to go to school for Army Rangers. Um, he's an ultra marathon runner now. And in recent years, he's been doing like big forest fire firefighting. And so he's been doing a lot of really hard, physically demanding jobs. And so he kind of lives by this mentality of I'm going to completely destroy my body and put myself through a lot of mental and physical pain so that whatever else happens to me during the day, I already know that I can handle it, which uh, is an idea that I, I kind of really like, but at the same time, really uh, don't dig it. Um, that's kind of my ideal behind the cold showers every day. Um, I say don't do something that's painful every day. I say do something you don't want to do. Um, even if it's something like taking a cold shower or doing the dishes when you don't want to do them. Just something simple to just kind of push yourself a little bit mentally, I think, is really healthy and really a good thing to do. And having a mouthful of water on a run is just kind of one small part of that is, you know, do something. And that one is truly uncomfortable, but it's the kind of uncomfortable that really leads to good things in the future if you just keep it up. So that's my crazy experience. Um, if you're a runner, or even if you occasionally run, I'd recommend it just once. Just try to go a mile with a mouthful of water and see what it's like. Because it's, it's hard, but it's really rewarding to get through the end of the run and know that you push through it and you didn't quit. It's really a fun thing. So try it. It's cool. Um, housekeeping. Let's talk about some things. Um, by the time you're hearing this, unless you listen to this like as soon as I post it, my mom will have already had surgery uh, to remove the tumors. Um, Sarah and I are going down to be with my parents and my siblings for like the first half of next week. So we're going to leave Sunday night after church. We'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday just to kind of help take a lot of pressure off my parents. You know, having three younger kids around, uh, it can be really demanding. And with mom going to be completely off her feet, uh, they're going to need some help. So we're going to be there 
uh, thank you to everyone that's reached out with thoughts and prayers. Uh, it really means a lot to me. It means a lot to my family. Please continue to keep my mom in your prayers. It's like a four-week recovery just from the surgery itself. And there's going to be other follow-up visits to make sure that they actually got it all. So uh, it would mean a lot to keep her in your prayers. But thank you for everything you've done already. It means a lot. Uh, so much more than I can even put to words. Um, so yeah, that's already happened. That's That's going to be done by the time you're hearing this. Um, let's see. I should uh, be finishing my book by now. I am not sure that I will have had that done because I'm way behind and I am not using my time wisely, but you know, it is what it is. Um, let's see. The next book, as I mentioned last week, that I plan on reading is, uh, Here I Stand which is a biography of Martin Luther. That's something that I'm very excited about. Um, let's see, what movies did I watch this week? I watched Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler's pretty good. It's a 2014 movie about a guy who takes videos of breaking news and sells them to a news station. But when he gets a hold of a story that's really, really good, he kind of does some unethical stuff. Um, I'm not going to get into it just because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's on Netflix. Um, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to watch a ton of movies this coming week just because I'll be spending most of that at home. So if I do watch movies, it'll be a lot more kid-centered than my normal selection of movies. Um, ooh, another big thing that happened this week. Uh, they finally released a title for the upcoming uh, MCU Spider-Man movie. It is Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm so excited for this. It's coming out December 18th. And I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping that this does not get shut down. Because please, I don't need that. Um, a lot of movies that were going to be coming out in 2020 still have not come out and are going to be coming out soon, and that's all good and well. But I'm very excited for some regularity in the theaters because uh, I miss movies, and I'd really like them to be back. Um, there's that. Let's see. I spent today, Saturday, back downtown where I was last week. By this time, I brought my camera, hung out... Uh, Back at the Cathedral Basilica, took some pictures of that. Um, I went to a record store today and bought a Robert Glasper album. He's a jazz pianist. Uh, it's the only album of his that I've heard. It's called Live at... Well, it's called Robert Glasper Covered. He covers a bunch of much more famous songs and some that he actually has written and covering them again with a quartet. Uh, it's a live album, which is really kind of cool to listen to. Um, so maybe you should listen to that. Robert Glasper covered. Um, what else have I been listening to this week? Oh yeah. Another record I recently bought. It's the Chet Baker big band. That's just the name of the album. It's Chet Baker. Who's a jazz trumpet player. He's probably my favorite jazz musician. Um, very, very good. I highly recommend it. Give that a listen. Um, 
I'm trying my best to get to 30 minutes, but I'm right at about 28 right now, and I really don't feel like jabbering on for two more minutes. So I'm just going to call it quits. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'll be back next week with something else for sure that I've, I've got to say. <laughs>